Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. All right, so here we are mid-August already. I just, gosh, I just can't believe that we are flying through summer and before we know it, kids are going back to school. I know some of them have already. Um, And then it's my favorite season of fall, Um, but you know, it, it's just flying by. My dad used to say years ago that as you got older, time moved faster. And I I never quite understood that um, simply because your whole world revolves around going to school when you're younger and your entire life revolves around working when you're older. So um, I found it very hard to believe that time could possibly move faster because I would rather not be at work. But that being said, I think he's right. Um, So let's talk about a few things. Uh, Indiana Jones, I still have not seen it, but now it is going to be in the uh, streaming on the 29th of August. So we really only have like 15 days left. And so at this point, it's not even worth me going to see it in the theater. Uh, because it's going to be out in two weeks. So stay tuned. Once it's out, I will certainly be watching that because I can't wait to see it and to wrap up that Indiana Jones um, series. So the movie I do want to talk about today, I was flipping through channels the other night and I came across a movie on Netflix called Heart of Stone. Um, It has Gal Gadot in it and I adore her. I just okay fine i love wonder woman and because she plays wonder woman i love her because of that but you know that's neither here nor there um but i also think she is a good actress but she also has really good um stunts and i feel like they are realistic in a way where you can tell that she is doing a majority of them and that to me can make or break a movie so in the beginning, um, you're kind of flying into this mountain, and it feels very much like the beginning of Charlie's Angels, like circa 2000 with Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu. Um, it feels very much like the beginning of, of that movie, or even those early Mission Impossible ones, like the first Mission Impossible, which I do also love. Um I haven't seen anything beyond like the second or third one, so I can't speak to how the franchise has gone, but the beginning was great, and that was the vibe you get almost instantly. And if you love Gal Gadot um, for Wonder Woman, um, this is going to actually feel very familiar. We have the thigh-high boots. She does uh, great fight sequences. Um, You do see occasional moves that are very Wonder Woman and my guess is they're Easter eggs intentionally, but um, it's very hard to find information on this movie. So normally when I watch a movie, I, I will look up things. I'll see what other reviews have been like. I will see if I can find any tidbits behind the scenes, anything about the movie that can help me explain it to you. And there's not much out there. If you go on IMDb, there's like three things and that's it. So, um, it, uh, 
that this is totally my impression on it, of course. Um, but it feels very much like they are channeling certain things that just work really well for the Wonder Woman character and just bringing them to um, this particular character. Um, Gal Gadot plays someone called Rachel Stone. Um, that's where we get the Heart of Stone title. And she is the Nine of Hearts. So there's a great shot where she's doing some stuff and then clearly she's going to her secret underground bunker um, where she's doing other secret underground things. And the Nine of Hearts card is her like access badge. That part I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, and in the beginning, I didn't pay much attention to it until I could connect the dots at the end. So it doesn't make sense initially, but then you, you kind of figure it out. Um, the, the heart of this thriller is something literally called the heart. Uh, it's a, essentially the world's most powerful AI that can keep track of a person's online history. It uses uh, different things to predict future moves um, and really sets you up with all the people that are scared of what AI will potentially be able to do in the future. It kind of leans into that a little bit, sort of a... Um, a cautionary tale, if you will. Uh, but the other part of that makes me also look back at, there was a movie Tom Cruise did in the early 2000s, and um, it feels so much like that particular movie. It was called Minority Report. Um, I know I saw it, a couple of times way back when it was kind of in the heart of Tom Cruise's um, big, big movie push, like his initial Mission Impossible in Far and Away and um, Days of Thunder and Jerry Maguire and all those. Uh, I don't know. Are they quintessential Tom Cruise films? I haven't seen anything he's done in probably the last 10 years, but those early 2000 things, I saw everything. So anyway, the movie starts on a tall mountain um, in the Italian Alps, and Gal plays this character called Rachel Stone, um, who's told over and over again as she's sitting in this van, um, busily hacking away or doing what I assume is is hacking and is told don't get out of the van don't get out of the van which that only makes you know that she is going to get out of the van at some point um but anyway she plays the hacker type for this particular team and she is a part of an mi6 team whose mission is um well we don't really know what their mission is they are just off to a really bad start. Like all the things that could go wrong do go wrong. And one thing that I'm not a fan of is while they're showing this heart um, and they're kind of flexing the muscles for here's all the cool things that it can do, there's so much technology in there. Feels very Matrix-like. Um, Matrix on crack, perhaps. And it's clearly giving us like, here are all the really bad things that can happen if the wrong people control AI in the future. And side note, as we get more and more into 
AI and, and all the different technology advances that are coming, I feel like we are living in some of the movies that I used to grow up watching. Like that's the time we are in now. And I've seen these movies. <laughs> I know how this ends or doesn't end well for us. And it makes me really interested to see what will the future look like. Um, you know, I used to think growing up that by the time I got my driver's license, we were all going to be flying because in Back to the Future, everything was flying cars in the future. So imagine my extreme disappointment that here we're in 2023 and we still do not have flying cars. Um, although people are terrible enough driving, I would hate to see what could happen if they could fly. However, if I can get a robot that will fly for me and keep me from crashing, perhaps that's a good idea. But again, we've seen those movies. But anyway, let's get back to, to this one. Uh, so the team finds themselves after everything going wrong in the Italian Alps, uh, they then find themselves in Lisbon and enjoying some fun dancing, fun times. Um, and then we start getting shots of the villains that are coming for them. You just know that they're coming for them because one is like Draco Malfoy, the college years. That's the, that's the first thing that popped into my head and probably the only thing I thought of the whole movie. Every time I saw that character, he did not provide much more other than, hey, look, Draco Malfoy is in college. Um, and of course, the things... The, the bad guys are coming for this team because now they're in their secret hideout uh, apartment or whatever. And um, she has to be careful because she doesn't want to blow her cover. So we have this MI6 team that's already undercover and then she's undercover in the undercover team. But her team doesn't know that she's working for somebody else. And uh, these, these spies must never get to sleep because they're always going from one thing, the team goes to sleep and then they go off to meet with whoever their boss is and it's in some other secret Batman lair type thing. Um, if you can't tell already, I think I had a comparison for just about everything in this movie because it was, oh, that person looks like Draco Malfoy. Oh, we saw that in Wonder Woman. Oh, we did this in the Bourne movies. Oh, that was a Mission Impossible. Like that was my stream of thought through this whole movie. Um, so as our team is relaxing in this apartment, having a good time, um, they get attacked and our main character Stone needs to be careful because she she has some choices to make. Either she can reveal who she is and potentially save her friends, um, or she can sneak out and escape. Likely they will not make it. So, of course, she does what every movie hero is going to do and decides to save her friends at the risk of exposing who she is. Um, and we get a great Wonder Woman style like knee kick where she comes flying in and just does a flying knee kick. It's fantastic. True Gal Gadot Wonder Woman moment. Um, this particular fight sequence, I really enjoyed. And not a lot of people know that um, 
gal has been trained in martial arts. She also served in the military. So a lot of these stunts that she has picked up over time are actually based on experience and training she has had. So I think that's also what makes it feel a little bit more genuine for her. Um, But then we're out of this apartment and we're doing a car chase, of course. Um, I have never been to Europe, but according to every movie I've ever seen, the streets are about the size of a van. And when you drive down these streets, the mirrors get sheared off because that seems to be what always happens. And the, um, the team is off in this van with Gal driving because now she's no longer just the computer person that has to stay in the van. She now tells everybody else, you scoot over, I'm going to drive, I know what I'm doing type of thing. And we learn that she is part of the charter. And the charter is the company that has the heart. And apparently the charter is, I don't know, I don't know if they're bad, but this team doesn't like it. And there are some people on motorcycles that are firing, of course, guns at them. And she'll do a, you know, get ready to go out of the door in three seconds when I turn a corner, pull the emergency brake, and then you're going to have a perfect shot to kill this guy type of thing. It's a little bit old for me. I don't like these car chase sequences. Um, But anyway, we get to the end. And while you're trying to wrap your head around who is just who just did what um, one of who you thought were the good guys kills all the bad or kills all the other guys. And it's just Stone and this other teammate. This other teammate is Jamie Dorian, who I have never forgiven since he left the TV show Once Upon a Time in season one. He was great in that show, and he left it to go do Fifty Shades of Grey, and I have never forgiven him. I've never seen the movie, but I've heard enough about it to know that that was not the best career move. And so now when I see him in a movie, I just know it's trash. And so I haven't forgiven him. And so I get to spend the whole movie hating him and putting all my, um, all the words towards him. And, and when there are fight scenes between him and stone, I get to cheer for her because I want her to pummel him. But anyway, um, as they're fighting, um, he slices her with, uh, a blade and we learn as um, as they're fighting, like her hands start shaking, and then he's like, ah, the poison is kicking in. And so, you know, voila, now you can see me, but you can't move and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so now she finds herself paralyzed. She's aware, but paralyzed. And they um, uh, essentially, they put a tracker in her. Uh, So think Hunger Games where they have a little tracker in there so they can keep track of everybody. That's essentially what they do to her. So they've got her paralyzed. They're talking about the heart and charter, um, having all of this knowledge and power. And if you own the heart, you own the world. So you know that this is the big thing that we're going to be going for, that she's going to try to protect. They're going to try to steal. And they eject her. And um, when she wakes up, she 
finds herself back in the charter and they are trying to save her life from this poison. She kind of rolls herself off the operating room table, grabs a scalpel and digs the tracker out and smashes it. Um, her boss then pulls her aside and yells at her for a little bit um, because she blew her cover. And she talks about how her team could have potentially survived, but by her revealing herself, she could all but guarantee that that is what killed them all. And she... Uh, uh, Stone wants to shut everything down to understand what this tracking device was and understand what they could have potentially gotten access to, which, of course, now that she is um, a bad spy, they say, nope, we've got it. Nothing else happened. We could see everything that they did. It's fine, which then you know it's not fine. Um because they telegraph it so much. You just know that, okay, that's the next thing. And um, they essentially tell her, you know what? You're going to take a break. You're going to have a, a, you're going to stand down for a bit. You've been compromised. Um, so go take a rest, go take a vacation, whatever. And we know she won't. So um, then they kind of switch gears. And we have, there's like a, a little thing that shows up on the bottom that says we the four kings are in a meeting or something. The cool thing is that we have Glenn Close, who is the king of diamonds. We have B.D. Wong, who is the king of clubs. And again, because of Jurassic Park, we know he's going to um, be a target here. And Mark, I, I want to say it's Ivanar. He is the king of spades and then the boss for um, Stone's character there at the charter makes up the fourth king. And they are trying to figure out why this one teammate with Stone killed everybody else. Um, why does he want this heart so bad? And they begin talking about all these different parts of war and decisions that they have been involved in in their careers, whether as military or whatever it was. And they feel this has got to be some kind of a revenge mission. And Gal, or sorry, uh, Stone is going to one of her teammates. Uh, homes and the way she drops in a very Wonder Woman shot again. Um, and she, you know, hacks into his computer. And of course, he has a cat, which then makes me wonder like, who took care of your cat when you were off doing your spy gig? Nobody else was in this home. So, did he have somebody come feed it? Did he have like a pet sitter? I need to know these things. But anyway, so you see her crying and holding the cat because that's what we do. Um, and as she's hacking through the computer, um, she is able to then start um, tracking those that were tracking her. So she's kind of like a... Um, you're so smart. Well, I'm so smart. So now I'm going to trap you. And it's, they're sending instant me messages, which is very much how, um, mission impossible does it like Job, 
when he has to meet Job, it's all done through these messaging platforms, things like that. Very similar idea here. And she finds that she is able to track them to West Africa. So this particular teammate that she's after, his name is Parker. And um, they they are head, they head out to this hangar out in West Africa and they find a, a helicopter and they are then going for um, this uh, suddenly it escaped me Hindenburg um, a blimp it's a futuristic Hindenburg but I just find this part really difficult to to buy that you know they're able to track this supposed heart thing flying through the atmosphere in something that that is a blimp but it's a futuristic one so it's kind of like glass instead of canvas but you know because you see it's a blimp and you know what happened to the Hindenburg you know that thing can explode very easily and so once we see that this is where they're going, they're hopping into this helicopter, and this is one of these helicopters that it's not like Blackhawk where they can hang out the sides. They need specialized equipment because they're going way up there. So it's like high altitude type stuff, the type of dive masks that they have on or, or sky jumping, whatever masks allow them to breathe in that type of airspace. And um, so you just... You can already see what's potentially going to happen here. Um, and we have a very Laura Croft moment. So there was a there was a moment in one of the Laura Croft movies. I can't remember if it was the first or the second one, where she is way up in the top of this building in Asia, and she puts on one of those flight suits. And it's one of these ones where they zip fully up and then they extend their arms and they look like a um, one of those flying squirrels. Um, it's one of those kind of suits. And she, of course, is able to um, fly right towards this, this uh, blimp. And when she lands... Uh, it, it's hard for her to get a grip. And once she finally does, Parker looks up and because the whole damn thing is glass, sees her hanging on there and is like, hey, I'll be right back. And he's working now with a computer like Savant. She's really, really good. She's younger. And um, her name is Kia. And she's working on getting the heart out of this thing. And so Parker heads up to go um, to go a attack stone and Kia says, Hey, remember one spark will send it exploding. So you know, what's coming, right? I mean, again, do we have to telegraph it so much and Parker and stone start fighting inside and we see Kia steal the heart and then she locks it with her own biometric data. And when he thinks he beats Stone and they're trying to quick bolt out of there. He takes the heart from Kia, not realizing that this thing that he just stole is now useless to him because it has her biomarker 
on it and he can't unlock it without her. But he clearly doesn't really care because he's ready to jump off ship. And when they get up to the top of the blimp, the helicopter drops down a um, a ladder. Of course it does. And they jump on um, as the blimp starts exploding and we see stone running and jumping on and of course she has hung on now to the ladder as well and parker makes his way up inside the helicopter and decides i don't need either of you ladies and i'm going to cut the whole thing loose and so he cuts the the ladder loose and they take off and we see them falling to the ground and kia has her uh, parachute but Stone does not have anything. But because we had seen a shot of her earlier in the movie doing all these fancy things while skydiving without a shoot and like, um, oh, what was the movie in the 80s or 90s? Um, it'll come to me. And they do a lot of different things with parachutes and, and they're getting ready to jump on somebody's back. So they do a flip and they catch them with their legs and she does all of these things. And they're kind of um, fighting a little bit, and then Kia gets knocked out. So Stone realizes, hey, in order to save myself, I also have to save her. So she gets the parachute uh, pulled up, and so she gets the parachute pulled up, and they have kind of a crash landing. And um, when she wakes up, Kia now has a gun pointed at her, and... Um, they, they have a conversation about, um, you're going to get me back to wherever in civilization and stone, uh, doesn't want to. And Kia's like, Hey, he might have the heart, but I locked it. So he can't do anything without me type of discussion. Um, so they are now in, uh, the desert in Sengal and they're walking and walking and walking. And then finally they have somebody that pulls up in a truck because of course, and takes them into their village. Um, and then someone starts shooting at them and stone says to Kia, come with me, you know, don't, don't go back to the bad guys. Come with me. And she doesn't want to join her. So stone takes off. Um, and, She's just running and running and running, and then all of a sudden, she is flying off the cliff like she does back in Themis. Uh, oh my God, Themyscira, um, from Wonder Woman, from her original. There's the opening shot where she goes and dives off. That's essentially what she does here. Uh, exact same shot. During all of this, Kia finally realizes hey maybe i'm on the wrong side and i shouldn't play with the bad guys because now they're going to try to kill her and that was against what we said that we were going to do and she realizes that they don't care and they're going to do what they want to do because they're bad guys um so you know it is what it is uh but now it's too late to join stone and so now that we know that she flew off a cliff somewhere in Sengal, uh, Wonder Woman, I, I mean Stone, washes up on a shore and is found by the Six of Hearts. Um, she literally has friends on every shore, apparently. Um, and so we know that it's a race now to make sure that 
the bad guys or Parker doesn't get the stone online or doesn't get the heart online. And it's kind of like in Bond where they have the list of all the agents that are then um, sent out or was that born? One of them did that. And so it feels like the very same thing. It's the race against time to see if they can get to them before they're able to publish this or take over the heart. Um, and then somehow we find that we are now in Iceland. This movie does get props for locations. Amazing locations all over the world. Uh, that had to be a pretty cool thing, I would think. Um, so anyway... Parker's upset that Kia tried to put a lock on her new toy. And there's a machine that is there in Iceland that is able to connect to the heart and power all these computers. And he forces her to connect it. And um, Parker right away starts going after each one of the kings. And then we have kind of a cutaway where we have Ethan Hunt, I mean, Rachel Stone, off on a motorcycle on her way. And she is, she's again in Iceland as well because Six of Heart knows how to fly and flew her to Iceland. So um, he Parker is trying to go after all these kings. So first off, he's going after the King of Diamonds and he drops an elevator uh, after she gets in it with her whole family and he, he drops the elevator, which Mission Impossible 1, first shot, they are uh, one of the guys is sitting on top of the elevator. He's their hacker and the elevator is um, sent flying up, killing him in the top of that elevator. So, um, you know, that was uh, Emilio Estevez. Um, that was his one spot in that movie but anyway another similarity and kia sees that parker is only going after revenge now because now he took out glenn close's character and her whole family and then he just starts going after all of them where's this one okay we're gonna take him out go do this um and she realizes oh wow he truly is the bad guy and parker knows that stone is coming for him and um, so he has a line of sight on her, but he's busy trying to kill all the other kings first. Um, and her boss, uh, Stone's boss, had found another little secret bunker that they were in. And Parker is able to shut off the oxygen in their secret bunker. And so now we know that the time limit is however long. And they say, like, we have one hour of oxygen remaining. Um because in these movies, at that one hour, then now suddenly they can't breathe at all. Like there is no remaining oxygen in the room and then they just all pass out. So um, so while Parker is kind of focusing on where Stone coming from, uh, Kia calls Stone with a plan to disable the heart. And she's like, don't come here. It was a trap. And you were right all along. He is a bad guy. I'm so sorry. Um, and... She knows it's a trap, but she has to come anyway because she has to try to save um, each one of these kings and try to get the heart. And she's trying to beat the clock knowing that the oxygen is running out um, when 
in this secret bunker, they could no longer communicate. Everything was shut off. Uh, somebody's like, hey, don't forget, we still have a landline phone in here. So they're able to call Stone and be like, hey, lady, we're trapped. Come save us. Um, and let her know what's happening. Um so then we go back again to Stone on this motorcycle, and she's flying down this cliffside road, which is kind of cool. And of course, somebody is in a um, like a big garbage truck type of thing, singing along. It's a lot of '80s music, um, singing along, driving slow. And Draco Malfoy, Malfoy is flying up behind her, and you're like, ooh, what kind of a chase scene are we going to get now? Nope, she just waits till the truck swerves a little bit, goes on the inside, as they always do, and then jumps off her motorcycle, which then causes Draco Malfoy to crash and die, and then she tells the other guy, hey, I need your truck, man, and takes over, and off they go. And it's very much the... Wonder Woman, James Bond, Jason Bourne, Mission Impossible stunt, essentially, is, is what happens there. So then we have um, the, you know, you can see the driver of this truck is super excited that he just got hijacked by Wonder Woman. So he's all smiles and, you know, really happy when they get to wherever they're going and she hops out. There, you know, and there's a, a fight sequence and all those kind of things that happen at the end. And... Lo and behold, they work together and um, the good guys prevail. Um, you know, it it has kind of a weird ending because after the fight in Iceland, it all of a sudden goes to four weeks later. And Stone wants to change the world for good. And she is meeting with Kia, who um, is going to join her. And she pulls out a Joker card. And so now she has her own team. They're still using the deck of cards as their, I don't know, call sign, code name, whatever. Um, and the, the cool thing is the very end, they pull up in a van, the whole team is in there, and she's getting ready to get out. Stone looks around at her team and she goes, hey, stay in the van. So that part I thought was a great ending. Um so here's my final thoughts on this one. It was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, would I watch it again? Probably not. Would I put it on for the dogs to watch while I'm doing things around the house? Yeah, I would. Um, it, you know, it it has some good things in it. It had some great parts to it, but overall it was really predictable. Um, this movie has gotten... Uh, lamb blasted everywhere and most people seem to agree that gal does the best with what she's given she just wasn't given a lot of great material to work with and i feel like she's on this bad streak of movies um and i know with uh the whole superhero movie universe kind of being in flux i know that the uh, wonder woman movies were told no more and then now it sounds like they may be in discussion so i'm not sure um i really hope they do find a way to bring wonder woman back at least one more time give her a good ending um that's my hope but um i'm not sure if i'm going to pronounce her name right the the actress playing kia her name is ali 
Ebat, maybe. Uh, she's a good actress, and I think we are going to see more of her in the future. I think this was a poor film for her American debut, um, and she just deserved so much more. Um, but I do think that we are going to start to see her in the future with different roles. I hope she doesn't pigeonhole herself now into these um, hackery type roles only, but we'll see what her future looks like as a career. And I think I'm going to start giving movies like star ratings myself. So out of five, I would say this one is a solid 3.5. It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it certainly was not the best. Um, it just, it had great moments. It just is not the caliber of what I would expect for a Gal Gadot movie at this point. Um, is it a complete waste of time? Nah. But if you find yourself with some time to kill and you just want to have some background stuff on and you don't want to pay attention to it, this would be a good one. You might not necessarily know what's all going on or who the characters are, but um, the only thing you might find is that you're going to spend a lot of time comparing it to Laura Croft, Wonder Woman, Born, Mission Impossible, and maybe a little bit of Bond. So uh, that's all I've got for you today. So that's all I've got for now. Take care and be well.